Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fun, exciting episode of Bizarre Encounters. I'm Ghost, and I'm joined by my homie, Shane. <laughs> Shane, yes. A little delay there. He caught him off guard, but hey, that's okay. You know, he catches me off guard all the time with some of his deep questions and deep thoughts, and that's what Bizarre Encounters is all about. So uh, what's new, Shane? So we got to do a little bit of front of the house before we get into our episode today. Uh, we've been doing a lot of dives lately, so we're going to mix it up. And we're going to do another interview this week because last week we had the cool Sasquatch one. Uh, we haven't really gotten too much into like the extraterrestrials, extraterrestrial side of interviews. So today we're going to kind of get into that. But before we get into all that stuff, we do have a couple things we have to touch base on. Uh, first thing, first order of business would be crypto tees. Mm. Um, so we're working on some collabs with crypto tees. Um, in the month of November, we'll be working on a giveaway. But We'll give you some more details as we uh, progress through the months and month and kind of get it all figured out. But uh, if you haven't checked out Crypto Tees, definitely recommend doing it. Um, if you have just an interest in just cryptids in general, uh, UFOs, anything like that, you like cool art that has to do and pertain with all that, you know, do yourself a favor. Come check out uh, crypto cryptoteology.com and it'll also be available in the description. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see what those collab designs are. And trust me, anybody that's following us on social media, the second we know what those designs look like, they're going to be all over our social media. So keep an, keep an eye out for that one. It's going to be sweet. And part of the giveaways that we work on the next few months may include even getting one of our specific collab shirts. So, you know, if you think it's a really cool design, you really, really want one, you know, just got, got, got to keep your eyes out. And, uh, you know, you might just get one in a giveaway. Nice. What else do we have? So on some more front of the house type of shit, um, I haven't really gotten to do this too much on my personal show. So that being said, I really want to be able to touch base on it in this show where we uh, make more of a connection with our listeners and give them shout outs directly on the show. So last week no. or the week before, one of the two weeks, we gave a, we gave a shout out to, to our homeboy Riley. Shout out to him again also. Um, we got some more reviews though that we got to touch. One of them, the first one, comes from uh, Shane the Thinker which is uh, somebody that kind of came from my feed and he's just an all around really interesting guy and he should Thank be on this show. You. Yeah, no, it is me. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> no, he, he'll be on the show in the next few months for anybody that wants to see a show with two Shanes. It's going to happen. Uh, nice. I believe that we have him scheduled for November, December. So yeah, just keep an eye out. But 
for the time being, he left us this awesome review. He says, Phenomenal podcast. Shannon Ghost do a great job with deep dives into everything paranormal and cryptid. A definite treat for anybody remotely interested in the subject matter. These mavericks do so with an analytic chisel as well as a creative brushstroke. Check out the episode with Aussie Grub to set the mood for this Halloween season with a perspective down under. Highly, highly recommend. And five stars, of course, with that one. Well, thank you, Shane. I appreciate that that awesome review. The five star as well. Um, we we try to do our best here. I know Shane puts a lot of work into uh, our deep dive ep- episodes and sends me over usually a book of of notes to prepare on. And uh, <laughs> I do my best at trying to keep up and and you know brush up on my my reading skills. I'm a much better person to do interviews with. That's just my natural flow, but. You know, I got to give all the all the credit to Shane for for the uh, for the research that goes in into bizarre encounters. Hey, like he was saying though, that's why we collaborate good is because we got two different ends of the spectrum covered, and doing that so we can also give a show like this where we can do interviews and deep dives instead of just being specifically one. So it's gets more more diversity, more variety for the listeners. So I'm sure they appreciate it, and I appreciate the fact that somebody actually reached out and said that they enjoy that what we're doing. So again, Absolutely. just helps us to make the show better because. If you don't give us your opinion, we can't start to, you know, shape it into what you guys want and what you guys want to hear. All right, let's hear the next one. This one comes from actually another podcast. Uh, they shot me a message on Instagram and they almost kind of did that little like kind of kind of leave it alone. They just want to drop something nice, but I ended up touching base with them. Um, so maybe there'll be some cool stuff coming in the future with them. But uh, they're called Brutal Bizarre Boozy Podcast. And they say, enjoying okay, your I- podcast. Oh, you know these guys? I I think so. I think they... I'm pretty sure they follow my Third Eye podcast. Oh, even better. They probably came over from your side then. So we got a little bit of uh, converging, you know? Yeah. But they say, enjoying your podcast. Super interesting stories and fun dynamic between you two. Followed your pod and gave you five-star rating. Have a great day, guys. Hell so, yeah. What, what was the name of the podcast again? Brutal Bizarre Boozy Podcast. So anybody that's out there, you know, go and check their show out. Why not? Because if you're into this kind of stuff, I'm sure you'll be into their show too. So, you know, why not? And while you're at it, return the favor. Why don't you give them a five-star review? Because, you know, we all work out on our shows and we all deserve it at the end of the day, you know? So it's the only way that we know and we can improve. And, you know, we really know what you guys are really thinking about the shows and what we're doing. So. Heck yeah. And then one more thing before we uh, get into the show, because we don't want to have to do it on the back end, because, you know, with the interview style, it just doesn't really flow as good at the end. You don't want to have your guests sitting here while you're doing your little uh, little spats here and there. So uh, anybody that would like to be on the show or anybody that would like to have their encounters read or played on the show if they choose to record themselves, we would love, love, love for you to submit your encounters. And to do that, um, you can either go to our Bizarre Encounters page on Instagram. Uh, we have the link tree available there. Also should be available down in the show description. Uh, from there, there's also a way you can contact us through email. Um, you could even contact Ghost through My Third Eye. Uh, you can contact me through Inquiries of Our Reality. Um, there's a lot of avenues, but just find a way to reach out and uh, touch base with us. And even if you want to have your name hidden, um, you want certain things left out, um, you, know, you want us to be like a middleman, so that if there's other people that have had experiences like yours, you want to connect with them, but you're scared for people to know who you are exactly, like we can we can play your middleman. We can do whatever you choose to do. We just really, really want to hear your stories and we'd love to help you understand them. So, you know, 
what not a better group of people than Ghost and I that we're never going to tell you you're wrong. We're not going to judge you. We're just going to sit here and try to uh, figure stuff out with you, you know, because we're, we're just as curious as you are. Absolutely. We just love hearing your unique, bizarre encounters. And, uh, you know, I, I'm loving this journey. I, I, I really am. I'm glad you and I both came up with it. And uh, here we are having fun. So uh, having said that, um, I think you've wrapped up everything that you needed to plug. Am I, am I correct? Okay. Yes, sir. So uh, let, let's get into this. Uh, so tonight we have a cool guest, uh, Craig Lefebvre, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit of his bizarre encounters and what he's gone through uh, and, you know, just maybe try and dissect it, see what we think of it. And I don't know, maybe try to make sense of it. And who knows, maybe we won't at all, but I give you Craig. How are you, Craig? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Where can people find you if you uh, if you can be found? If I can be found and I'm not being erased by cancel culture, you can <laughs> find me at www.dimensional-healings.com and under my name for uh, my author page on Amazon.com. Nice. Do and I'll, of book? course, include that in the show description for everybody that uh, wants to come and check out his book after the show. Sure. Do you want to plug your book? Uh, my new book is Fallout. This is my my first novel. Uh, my other books are poetry and nonfiction. Uh, this book is based on uh, loosely based on my abduction experiences, and I strung a story around in uh, you know the paranormal stuff that goes along with it. In uh, took 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 the story and put it in my. Uh, where my childhood started in uh, Brantford, Connecticut, where I used to go to the beach at my grandfather's house and kind of went from there. Awesome. And they can get that on Amazon as well. Yeah, you can get that anywhere online that books are sold. All of my books, in fact, uh, Boost Our Prophecy and The Vessel of One and my other books. Nice. Well, where do you want to begin? Obviously, probably at the beginning. <laughs> where where do you begin with the paranormal? Where does it make sense? And I do a I Quentin have... Tarantino style where it's like you do the beginning, then the end, and then you go back to the end again, then the beginning. <laughs> it, that would probably be the only thing that made sense. Or <laughs> or we could, uh, I don't know if you've ever read Catch-22, but the only thing that makes sense is that nothing makes sense. That makes it, sense. It, it, that's, a, that's a summary of the book. Uh, it's... It, with the uh, I, I, well, I should start off with um, I'm a psychic channeler. I uh, write uh, channeled messages and publish them. Uh, I also write poetry, nonfiction, and uh, fiction as well. Um, I've experienced a lot of weird phenomenon that's been tied into uh, the ET experience. I've had abductions throughout my life, and that kind of starts in the middle of my story of my life. And then I had to trace it back uh, through doing some really deep, I guess you could say investigative stuff, research, uh, hypnosis, uh, read a ton of uh, Dolores Cannon and other people who had uh, had people that were under hypnosis for their abduction experiences. That stuff really helped tremendously. Um getting into meditation that I, I talked to Shane about uh, earlier this week is one of the things that really kind of uh, broke open Pandora's box for me. And the, uh, my shrink was teaching me how to meditate 
to do uh, progressive rela- uh, muscle relaxation. And so I got really into this as I was already kind of exploring this stuff, even from the time I was younger, reading into the paranormal, ghost stories, hauntings, and all that kind of stuff. That stuff always fascinated me. And I didn't know then that this was going to kind of turn into my life. Um, but long story short, I got into the meditating and I was reading a book about uh, doing astral projections too. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to, you know, explore that, reading up on it, practicing it, um, practicing the meditation where I could get really, really deep into the meditations to like, you know, where your breathing slows way down. So I started having this experience where I'm moving through this kind of square tunnel. I, like if you can imagine yourself, you're moving through uh, like an air duct and you know how it's segmented the metal sections of metal and there mm-hmm. are different squares that are all put together. So that's what I kept seeing. Everything was gray or kind of black and white and I'm moving through it. And I, I repeatedly had this experience. And then one day, I'm doing it again. And then all of a sudden I find myself looking down at a baseball field and everything's bright green, like vibrant colors. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And then I feel like somebody's watching me and, you know, there's this square in the floor I'm looking through. I feel, I I have this feeling, I have eyes on me. I look up and literally right across from me is an ET. Hmm. And this, this is, this is with like the defining experience that broke everything open for me and where I had to start, you know, peeling back the layers and looking at why did I have this experience? What's going on? And there's this, I guess you could say if you, you experience abductions, there's this, well, at least for me and some other people, there's this wall that you kind of have to fight your way through. And I think, it has something to do with their influence with blocking stuff out of your mind and kind of keeping it hidden from you. And that's literally what I had to do is slowly peel away the layers. And now that I sit here and say this, you know, when I'm talking to you, I'm kind of having the revelation. Maybe that's part of my, uh, you know, your brain blocks things out. So if you have really severe trauma, mm-hmm. you, you tend to forget it. I- I'm wondering if that may be part of it too, where my brain was literally blocking everything out and then it was too much. And then I kind of had to work my way backwards into it. I've heard a lot from uh, extraterrestrial experiences too, that it seems that it's almost like the forefront of your mind gets wiped, but your subconscious isn't able to be wiped out. So whether it's from trauma or it's from, you know, something that the ETs possibly have that have the ability to do this, uh, it seems to be like a common thing. It's not just like one specific case. Everybody still, like the forefront gets erased, but not the subconscious. And you have to dig into that subconscious and then all of a sudden everything yes. starts coming back up. Yeah. And if like, if you ever heard of doing like subconscious projections where if you have like a, say like a eighties ceiling, that's a popcorn ceiling, you lay in bed and you kind of chill out and relax. And then you just like let your eyes relax and you keep staring at it. Images will start coming forward to you. Like, I started seeing stuff through doing that as well. And that, that got really weird unto itself. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I think that is buried in there that I kind of wish I could get to, but one, this is one of those, those, uh, one of those things that once you know, you can't not know. And then your curiosity slowly drives you insane. And 
it started kind of bleeding through and I was started seeing when I would close my eyes at night, these two huge, if you can imagine this, these two huge black eyes looking back at me or like ET eyes. And, and this, this experience like really haunted me for kind of like years and years. And I'm like, I, I couldn't understand why it wouldn't go away. And there was, there was a disconnect in myself as to why this being was like mind to mind with me, like in my head, like when I would close my eyes and relax. And I guess they just kept pushing me and pushing me until I had to work my way through it to, to figure out more of who they were. And where this experience took me was to when I was uh, with a friend at a, uh, this kind of witch new age store, she told me that there was this uh, copper pyramid that they had in the basement. You could go sit under it and meditate. I'm like, all right, sure. That sounds cool. I'll go do that. And I'm sitting there. And then it was like my mind kind of this blew open and I see these two tall ETs standing there staring back at me. Now, when you say ET, are you talking about the typical gray? Uh, that's a good place to start, but no. Okay. The, uh, what the variation, if you can, everybody knows what they generally look like, but right. there's literally dozens of variations of that that I've seen. Like, there's so many, I mean, tall, short, so, there's ones that are brown, uh, one a black in color. I mean, there's kind of like all over the spectrum, different head shapes, smaller bodies. I mean, there really is from what I've experienced, this whole kind of rainbow of different beings out there. I can't say ever, I could never say that it was like, Oh, this is this one race. And they always look the same. Cause right. it's be kind of saying not all humans look the same. <laughs> yeah. And exactly, exactly. And it's like, you know, it's like saying everybody's white, you know, and then right. first time you see somebody who's brown, you're like, oh, my God, what happened? You know, it's it, there's just a lot of variation. Um, tall, some are like longer heads, like really drawn in like cheeks. Um, the one that's the doctor that I've had experiences with is shorter, probably like four feet and change. Brown skin head is kind of scalloped like three layers back. Like, um, just like you had like humps in your forehead almost. Mm -hmm. And then he, he was wearing this kind of like Lycra shirt, blue short sleeves. And that was my, uh, one of my medical experiences. And I'm, I'm looking at him face to face and like with this one being, I had like no sense of fear at all. Probably like, I, I don't know, God knows how many times I've met him, but I'm in a, a doctor's office it looks exactly like a doctor's office. There's a table, like a small um, counter to the left of me, white. I'm sitting on a table that resembles like what we have when you go to the office. And then there's a tool on the table, stainless steel, kind of long and cylindrical. And what I understand or picked up from him was that it was put here to the back of my head. I'm like, you know, where your neck meets kind of like where your skull is. Mm -hmm. And they had put in... Um, like an implant and that was done on both sides. Um, Were you ever able to get them out? I had felt like one of them was dissolved at one point. I was randomly standing there and not even thinking about it. And it, 
I felt it and I had the sensation that it like somehow had dissolved, if if that makes sense. Were they like uh, organic implants or was it some type of like like metal or like what kind of material was it? I would I would say it would, if I had to guess, I would say it was probably organic and something that also might be holographic in nature as well. If it, I mean that makes perfect sense. Or graphene oxide related, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that would that would be my assumption. And during this experience where I'm I'm sitting there on the table, I I recently I was I mean this ties into like near death experiences and I listened to a whole bunch of people in interviews for it because just because it was kind of fascinating to listen to. But the this experience, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at DT and he's kind of mind to mind with you. And all of a sudden I'm out of my body and I'm watching the situation. I see myself sitting there over on the table. So the light bulb kind of went off in my head where I'm having this experience and I'm like, oh my God, this is kind of like a near death experience. Like where the, the circuit gets tripped and you're out of your body and you're looking back at what what's kind of unfolding, you know, where you can see yourself having an experience is kind of what I took away from it. That almost like solidify the fact that uh, like our bodies are more so like a vessel more so than actually like us, like having experiences like that, especially in an extraterrestrial experience where you're like leaving your body while dealing with that versus just like regular astro traveling where, you know, it could possibly be related to dreams. Like it's a little bit different yeah. I guess, when you're physically somewhere and you get kind of like leave your body, you know? And I think that's what causes some of the greatest confusion when you're having these experiences is that, it's almost like a circuit breaker that goes off and you know, you're, you're, you're doing the safety thing and you're shooting out of your body and you're looking at the situation. You're like, Oh, I'm just dreaming. And just, give me one second here. I'm trying to collect my thought on it. It's this bear with me. I'm having a total brain fart. It's, it's like their attitude, just to get back to your question, Shane, their attitude about like bodies and what you're doing and they're taking somebody is completely different to how we view ourselves because we view ourselves, our body as, as us, like our conscience, our presence is this person. And I think from their perspective is that these are just containers. And when they go to take you, they know, you know, the soul, the energy that's there. And they're like, all right, we're going to do this, this, and this. And there's this, I think there's this huge disconnect because we're so emotion-based in these bodies that Mm -hmm. they're looking at it with a completely different attitude. Like, you know, this is just something mechanical that you go through that something that you're doing where everything that you do in your life is kind of correlated to some sort of emotion. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's kind of where they, they fail with uh with dealing with us it's that that lack of emotion so to speak do you think that they don't necessarily like have any at all like they almost operate like a like an organic machine or do you think it's a matter of they're just so advanced that they know how to like look past emotions in order to get something done that they need to get done where people are a little bit more tied to their emotions because we haven't really like transcended that point yet where we can a lot of people can just separate emotion from things they have to do it's only like certain people that are able to do that I, I think that I think the answer to that lies all over the spectrum, to be honest with you, where some of them are more evolved, where they kind of control their emotions and 
they experience it at, I guess, at a higher level or higher dimension. I think with, with some of them that they're more mechanical in nature, more, um, grown to be used almost like organic robots in a, in a sense with some consciousness added into them where some of them operate. Like I, I told you, Shane, the uh, smaller ones that came to get me, I call them the mechanics and they're just, it's almost like they're drones in a sense when the way you're dealing with them, it, it's yeah. like they're there for one task and they take you from point A to point B and then they're gone. You don't see them. That expression reminds me of like the mechanics at like a racetrack. Like I, that's the first thing that comes to mind. They kind of come in, do the job real quick, dip out, and nobody really notices them. They're just kind of behind the scenes kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. And, and I, the, the, the experience that kind of defined that to me, for me was I was in my yard and I kind of became conscious and I was looking at the pine tree in the side yard. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I was looking at the bark and kind of zoning out. And then I realized there's these two darker, small ETs with me. And I th- the look at the, I looked at them and they're, they kind of like figured like, oh, shit, he's conscious. And I look over at one of them because there's only two of them. One of them has this black glass ball that reflected light. It's probably about yay big. So maybe five to six inches around black orb but it looked like glass like like it was made of glass next thing i know i'm taken from there to across the water authority property behind us to where the town park is where there's a basketball court that's way back off the road where you can't see and then i had the sensation that we we're lifting off and going somewhere but why they had to take me from the house to my side yard to another location where like, I guess where there was enough room for them to have a ship. It was weird. So it was like this kind of leapfrogging of, of movement. And the, the thing that I guess you could say allowed me to break in, break into these experiences was um, learning how to dream. And I had started doing conscious dreaming and setting my intention when I went to sleep just to remember my dreams. And what inspired me to do that was uh, Carlos Castaneda's uh, The Art of Dreaming. And if you haven't read his books, they're they're pretty crazy. There's a lot of peyote uh, and drugs <laughs> and other stuff going on. But this one book I'd read of his, I was like, oh, there's something deep to this. There's I wrecked it was like something in me clicked. And then I was like, this is something I have to do. So I started consciously after trying to remember my dreams after a while to see my hands and my feet. And then once I was able to do that in the dream, the whole spectrum of dreaming shifted. You Were you I, able to control it better? I became conscious in the dreams to, to mm-hmm. varying degrees. Yeah. So you kind of started lucid dreaming, basically. Yes. Because I had I talked to a lady, um, I haven't released the episode yet on my, my feed, but we talked about um, lucid dreaming and controlling your dreams, and which that was one of the practices that she was telling me that she focused on, and I, I don't know, maybe she came across it the same as you, but she would fall asleep and focus on her hands and like tell herself, mm-hmm. when I see my hands in my dream, then I can start controlling my dream and where it goes. And I've since kind of started doing that because i do lucid dream and it, it's it's i can't explain it but it's phenomenal it 
it it blows open the back door to reality. Mm-hmm. And after I started doing this, I became conscious in in my uh, when I lived in Cheshire, the town next to us. I had an apartment. I was living by myself. I kind of woke up one night startled and there was these three ETs over in the corner of my room. And I just, after that, I just blacked out. But I think doing the conscious dreaming circumvents the shit that they're doing to your mind to kind of subdue you and to put you into like this kind of, I want to say sub hypnotic state or better yet. I, I refer to it kind of as a wall that's in your consciousness. Like there's a part of me that comes online when they're around and there's a part of me that shuts down. So Mm -hmm. there's like, almost like there's this, there's this duality that takes place in your consciousness that they, they can shift in you. But I think this is, this is one of those things that broke through that, that barrier. Have you tried using psychedelic mushrooms by any chance? No. <laughs> I have a I have a friend who grows them and uses them, but I uh, no I I've always been terrified to even try any hallucinogenics. To be honest with you, I've just seen way too many fucked up things to want to go down that rabbit hole. I mean, when you're already down doing the things that you do to begin with, I mean, that's a lot of the time what people are looking for when they're trying to take psychedelics and have a psychedelic experience. But you know, if you have the ability to you know, do all the things that you're able to do. Like, there's not really like a reason for it. You know, I mean, if you do also, I mean, you might just kick it into high gear and you might end up going somewhere that you might not want to go. I mean, I guess you wouldn't necessarily take the chance, you know? And like, with, with that being said, I have to do a lot to protect myself because I'm, I'm on the, uh, you know, to torture list to, uh, bother and annoy list of, uh, the dark side. So, I'd forgotten to protect myself Wednesday night when I went to sleep and there's this guy I woke up and it felt like I was being watched. And there was this huge tall guy in the room with a bright red shirt on like, like you're wearing Shane. And I, I was like terrified because I thought there was legit a guy in the room. It wasn't like a ghost or something. And I was like tapping my wife and she was dead asleep. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. it was one of those things where you're terrified and you can't talk. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been that scared, it's, and then eventually like just faded and disappeared. I'm like, holy fuck. Were you able to come to some type of version of uh, sleep paralysis? Yeah. Um, I've had sleep paralysis before. This was just one of those, like those fear, kind of fear induced things, I guess you could say. And what I was... Actually, I should have rephrased my my question with mushrooms. I, I meant more on a microdose level, where you're not seeking that full blown psychedelic trip, mm-hmm. but you take just enough that you can kind of feel the effects of when the mushroom might start help communicating within your brain and then firing different thoughts together and able to pull memories instead of looking yeah for psychedelic. You know, yeah, because I mean, I'm, if anything, I'm not looking for experiences. I mean, um, psychically, it, there's times where I'm really strong and times where I'm like, oh, God, I can't like, I'm just not making connections. Like if when we do uh, my friends, like every two weeks we get together and we do spirit circle. So we have Oracle cards and we pull them and, you know, I take turns reading with uh, the person that runs it. 
And sometimes I feel like, you know, you know, I'm like, this is shit. I'm like having a hard time connecting, but then there's times where it's like full on, like awesome, great. I'm connecting, I'm hitting. And, you know, where I have one of those experiences where I connect with something or some ET and it's like being taken across space and time within a matter of like a second. And then you're experiencing something. And then within two seconds later, it's over. And it, it like when I, I was in group when I connected just randomly with a black hole and it was like, I was out in space in front of it within a second. And then, it was over, but it was like, I felt the consciousness of the black hole and it had a name to it and everything was just, it was intense. And you, you could hear the noise, the noise of it that it made too. It sounded like, um, like you're on an airplane, you hear that droning kind of noise. Mm -hmm. It sounded like that. That's um, weird. It was weird. So <laughs> another question I kind of thought of, of off of that. Um, so you're talking about how they kind of will you, there's like a divide with like consciousness where it's like your physical and then like your 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 whatever you want to call it your spirit consciousness whatever you want to call it um so like when it comes to like extraterrestrials and when they're like here around our planet uh do you believe that they're actually like physically here or do you think that they have some type of ability to like project themselves and that makes it so that they have the ability to travel such far distances or do you, from your experience, do they use some type of like portal or something? Like, I was like, how how do they get this distance? Um, there's definitely a huge multi-dimensional aspect to it. I mean, there's. I, I'm starting to believe more and more that they're coming through from a parallel dimension, but there are. I know from experience that there are ones that have come here from from far away, and ended up here that are coming and going but whether those two things coincide at some point the different dimension to being far away i mean they told me about uh you know when you when you kind of drop into space when you when you say you're it, it may be like two universes away physically mm -hmm. they described it as where you fold a piece of paper in half and then you take a pen and you poke a hole through it. So they're folding time and space and they pop right through is the metaphor that they gave me to, to kind of demonstrate what they're doing. That makes a lot more sense. Cause then, you know, you can travel extreme distances um, in a short period of time. Cause there, there's a, a lot of people that I've heard that have kind of made like uh, theories, I guess on that. They're not actually physically here and they're like projecting themselves, but that's also the other side of the theory is that they're, you know, able to bend space and time or they have some ability to do that. So thank you for uh, adding into that theory because almost everybody I've talked to who's had extraterrestrial experiences, I've never heard any of them say that they believe that they like project themselves. Everybody that I know that's actually had hands-on experience says the same mm -hmm. thing as you, that they have this like ability to like bend space and time and almost like travel through portals in a sense. But there's also the experience where you know, I was in my, we have uh, a split level house. So I was in the basement using the bathroom and then there's a crawl space, like four feet tall that goes underneath the first floor. So I'm standing there taking a piss and I have a feeling I'm being watched. I get that feeling a lot. I look over and there's this look like a gray over by the oil tank underneath in the, 
in, underneath the uh, crawl space, like hunched over, looking at me. He looks over, turning my head sideways to the side, and then he sees that I see him, and then he just fades, disappears. Going into some Star Trek type concepts, um, like from your experience, do they seem to have some type of technology where it's almost like a phaser? They can like, you know, project like teleport themselves essentially into different areas, and then that might kind of explain the whole like dissipating fallout. Is it's like the particles moving? on a microscopic level to another location? From being taken in and out of the room, it feels like a hole is being opened up and you're moving through like a void, I, I guess you could say, into another area. So how you choose to create, it's like a tunnel, I guess you could say, and how they control that. The, in going back to space, I was meditating a long time ago and they showed me, uh, and this is by far one of the weirdest and strangest things I'd ever experienced, let alone try to describe. I'm out in space or the void of space and I'm in front of the uh, time-space continuum. And it was like a physical object in space. So if you can imagine you're looking down this kind of corridor, or this canyon, and it looks like two giant stone walls going all the way down till you can't see any further. And then there's kind of a maybe a floor beneath it, nothing above it. And then from the side of the walls, there's these massive just circles that protrude from the side, like almost looking like stone, but it's in the middle of space. And I'd had this in a uh, meditation, I mean, God, over 20 years ago. And then just now, in the last couple of years, I've been getting information about it. So a lot of the things I saw initially, I'm only now getting into channeled information to describe and explain to me what it was that they showed me. And they said uh, with the time-space continuum, and this ties into folding space, in order, they said it was like meeting yourself. So in order to go through the time-space continuum, you first need to come out of it, if that makes sense. It's like this oxymoron. It's like bend your mind to kind of figure out what they're trying to tell you. It's like moving through kind of like, yourself. Kind of like there is no spoon from the Matrix. It's exactly what it was. Yeah. It's exactly what it was. It's I The fabric of reality is like transversive and it can flow in either way and it can be really dense or really light. How they've managed to figure out to move through that is beyond me, but kind of relating it to, I think I was on our first episode. Uh, we had somebody on that was talking about the clever men in Australia and they're talking about how there's these, I think it was a, who was with them? Um, crap. I can't remember his name. Uh, but pretty much the idea of it was that they were talking to this clever man and he, uh, Pretty Graham much Hancock? disappeared. Yeah, Graham Hancock. That's it. He disappeared and like reappeared behind them, and all of them are confused and had no idea how he did it. And he was explaining this concept of like you don't see the veil; it's right there. If you're able to see the veil, you're able to step behind the veil and move through the veil. So it kind of reminds me of that. Like maybe it's something that they could have theoretically learned from extraterrestrials way earlier in time. But it seems like the same kind of concept with just different names on it. But it's this ability to be able to like see time and be able to like move through it and and if you had started off your life with these concepts and constructs 
about everything, the fluidity of the universe, where would you be today in your life opposed to just learning uh, reading and multiplication and the, the basic things to help you get a job and earn money? Oh well, man, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be traveling and, and just, oh, wow. Say so everybody has the ability of a, uh, like Dr. Strange, that would, it would, that would be what it would turn into. Everybody would just be walking down the street, create a portal, walk through it. <laughs> Maybe that's why they keep everybody away from it is because they want to be able to, again, control everybody. Like everything comes back yeah. down to. And again, like, I feel like it would get out of hand if everybody knew that they theoretically had these abilities to do things like that. And it would get rid of the power structure because at that point, I feel like it would throw religion out of the window for a lot of people where they wouldn't be able to like control them through that whole idea of if you do bad, if you do this, if you do that, you're going to have to deal with it in the afterlife. Because, you know, you just mentioned aliens. Uh, a lot of people don't connect it with anything biblically necessarily. So if aliens were out in the open, obvious, I feel like a lot of people would just kind of throw the religion out the window. And they, they had told me, we supplanted you. Point blank. I'm glad you you did bring that up, Shane, because I believe in a, a creator. Uh, our fans, my fans, or uh, listeners, whatever you want to call them, know that. However, I am still under the belief that religion was created to control. Okay, and what I kind of want to ask you, and you kind of answered that, is seeing them, meeting them, them giving you messages does that kind of blow the whole bible story away well i mean religion for us for where we're coming from serves an important purpose where it gives us a foundation to our reality and it's only very much a starting point mm -hmm. and it, it it takes you a few steps inward to the concept of soul and spirit and then it falls short of giving you anything else. Right. And it also kind of traps you in a box saying, these are the things that fall within the parameters, which is safe to discuss that's in the Bible. Nothing else outside of it is allowed. And if you do, it's, you know, it's witches, it's, it's bad stuff. And, you know, that's just not true. Um, I, I think they've influenced a lot of things behind the scenes forever you know it's they've they've been here since the beginning we're you know one of many iterations of of human or humanoid people that have been on this planet so you know it's the way they've influenced things i think silently is like you really have to dig you know archaeologically go to the sky go inward yeah. <laughs> many directions do you think uh, a, a being such as someone like Valiant Thor actually did really exist? I mean, any, any possible reality that you can think of exists. The inf How infinite the universe is is impossible to conceive. So when we have these lives that we're all having this conversation right now, and we're agreeing that we exist mm -hmm. and that we want to discuss a common subject. But what are the offshoots of this conversation? How is it affecting the other um, parallel lives that we're living together? 
you know, what's taking place. So everything's kind of bleeding into each other and it, it's affecting the next level, whether we, we realize it or not. And it's, we're kind of being squeezed from all directions right now, just as we, we move through this part of space that we're in and, you know, we're having timelines that are kind of being crushed into each other. And, and what they had shown me is like, uh, it's like a, as far as like, if you could think of a graph in your mind, what a graph looks like, but they showed it to me, it was all like spaghetti. So imagine every strand of spaghetti is a different color. And sometimes when the blue spaghetti is overlapping the red, and then sometimes the yellow, and you have these conjunction points where they're being pushed into each other. There's a bleed through. So what we th- we think we're, we always conceive reality as we're moving in a straight line. And that's probably the furthest thing from the truth. Right. It, it, the best thing to do is to think of everything as kind of being circular and things are coming in and going from central point of where you are. So like the spots in time are in this dimension when they're like the spaghetti touches, so to speak. Do you think that those are like the points almost where it's like a thinning of the veil where that's where they know these certain points are where they're able to travel and go through? And then that would kind of explain why they possibly earlier you were talking about how they try to get you to go to a specific location before they're able to do anything. Do you think that like maybe even Bermuda Triangle, like different spots, they know where these spots are and they're just easier spots to be able to travel through? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you guys have probably watched Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, of course. Yes. No. I <laughs> yeah. mean, if yeah, if also... there's a bunch of holes that are poked into one place, that would that would be it. I mean, it's like Swiss cheese. So yeah, there definitely is places where there's overlap, and there's a thinning of the veil where things come through, and most certainly different times of the day. You know, you get into the early parts of the morning, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, where you know things are quieter and they're much easier to perceive and stuff. It's easier to come through for you too. So like these specific spots, um, it wouldn't necessarily just be interdimensional, right? It could theoretically be like a, like a portal or like a thinning spot that is almost like you're explaining with the paper that it may be in our same dimension, but it is access to a whole other spot on the other side of this dimension and in other locations, like two different dimensions. I would say so. Yes. Uh, what the fairies I connected to had explained to me was that they described it as being a phone book and you have these very thin pages where you can kind of see the letters from the next page and they're all crunched up right next to each other, tightly bound and there's bleed through and, but they're right up against each other that close. They told me. But it's almost the same concept, too, of like just how people perceive life, where if you're just looking at it for what it is straight and you're not trying to see through the thinning, then you're just going to perceive reality for exactly what's right in front of you versus like what's below and above and horizontally, of course. So you are what you eat. So the more things you can throw at yourself, the more concepts that you can sit there and think about and extrapolate from, it changes and shifts your energy. So if you're constantly looking and kind of scratching in the way the, the layers, and I'm not talking outside of you, I'm talking within too. You know, you're, you're looking in both directions, not just outwardly. You start to expose this and you, you start to have bleed through and you start to have experiences where, you know, you know, the world kind of looks like you're in a glass cube and you're starting to perceive things that are outside of that. And I guess in a way it's, um, 
it, it's really just our minds and our consciousness that are keeping all the other shit out because we've all agreed, you know, one, two, three, ABC in red, green, and blue is just our reality. And if anything goes outside of that, you know, say you're confined to just your religious beliefs, it's going to be terrifying for you to accept anything but that because all you were told was their spirit and their soul and, you know, you have to be good for this reason and God exists to rule you and other, you know, kind of primitive concepts keeps your mind in tow like a trap. Do you, you're saying that the extraterrestrials do have like a link and connection to like the religions and everything like that. Um, do you think that they almost intentionally started this stuff because they kind of want us to remain how we are versus being part of like the broader galaxy? Well, let's put it this way. You live in a fallen universe. You have your concepts of heaven and hell, and you have angels here. So the fact that you are in a fallen universe, you're living in a 3 or 4D reality, and you have the parameters of your universe that you exist in are very, very loose. So negative influences can have a very heavy hand in this universe. So you can have a ton of suffering, a ton of dark influences that are putting pressure on you and trying to control you. So if you look at it from the perspective of light and dark, we have way too much leeway. The rules have been set very wide for this reality. So a lot of things can take place. A lot of uh, light and a lot of dark is, is why you get to experience what you do here. Where I was kind of headed with the, uh, the Valiant Thor thing, and I believe it was FDR that he supposedly met with and the conspiracy theory of that's why state parks might have been created uh for abduction zones and the the treaty of okay you can you can take so many people a year but you can't kill them it does that ring any truth to what you've experienced uh what's come up repeatedly for me has been you volunteered for this. Okay. It's come up again and again. You know, why are you taking me? Why is this happening? You know, sometimes you're, you know, you're fighting, you're having a bad experience. Sometimes it's fine. And you're like, this is totally cool. But it, it comes up again and again. It's, it's a, a sole choice, excuse me, to, uh, to live these lifetimes that we do. I mean, we come back here again and again, but we're also, I guess you could say, as people who are starseed, so to speak, we're uh, incarnating on a lot of other planets. And the whole purpose of a lot of these souls that are coming in here is to shift the energy and to hopefully bring it to a higher vibrational level. But we first kind of have to fight our way through all the negativity and to uh, you know, open people's minds, so to speak, so they can accept broader concepts. Because right now we're at the the ground floor or maybe even the basement far as what the humans or human mind can conceive of. So to like the broad scheme of the universe and everything else that exists within it, are we like the, the lower end of the, the totem pole, I guess, like we're like the least advanced, like we're, we're the bottom of the barrel, like, you know, like the, you're the distant second cousins that slept with their uncles and brothers and sister. I don't know. It's yeah. you, we're, we're on the lower end of this, of the spectrum and not that that's a bad thing or it's just where our species is evolving from. And 
you know, there is a purpose to it. They, uh, one of the channels that I did in Blue Star Prophecies talked about the first planet ever being created that had life on it. And it very much starts how we conceive of, or we thought we conceived of life being here, where, you know, asteroids with water hit the planet, you know, life cr- crawled out of the primordial soup, and then 12 races emerged, which spread out across the universe and started creating all the other races that created other races. So life is leapfrogging across the universe and humans serve a purpose in that expansion of the universe. And we, we have to consider that, you know, we're kind of made up of this milkshake or this amalgamation of other beings, but we very much standing on our own as our own species have a very long way to go till we catch up with these other evolved species that have been around for millennia you know so like universally speaking we're like probably the youngest race that's hard to say i mean with how vast the universe is i mean you can't put your finger on it and say that's the youngest one i guess it's just we're we're a footprint on the on the beach of the ocean of the universe you know we're just just one species and I guess in a way, every species has their sort of purpose. Some are light, some are dark, some are highly evolved, some are, uh, you know, more interested in war and killing each other. It's, um, you know, like getting into like the Draco or something like that, you know, where they're very war driven and that's it. And it basically domineer, dominating people. I mean, do they per- does the rest of the universe kind of perceive us like that, considering that, you know, people are trying to create nuclear weapons and you hear about a lot of extraterrestrials saying, like, telling well, people not to do that? Like, are they scared that we're going to become one of those races? So they're trying to, like, deter us yeah. away from being that? It, it's just, I think it bothers certain races that we're being dominated by dark forces. And we are also, you know, I mentioned we're being part of the expansion. If you get into a race like the Pleiadians, they're a seeding race. So in what these other higher races have realized is that, or especially them, is that they kind of have to reach down and pull us up. And if you imagine that we are tied into these other races by a thread, and it's an energetic one. So life has to all move together in the universe. So in order for them to kind of move up and move forward in the universe to a higher level, we're also tethered to them as part of creation and they need to help us evolve and get to a place where we can move up as well. Life is responsible for life. And you have a situation where life is perpetuating itself and creating new life. And that's how I would say they're experiencing themselves. Cause you know, when God created the universe, the first thought was consciousness and that consciousness kind of thought everything into being and the universe emerged from it. Are you familiar with, uh, Tony Rodriguez by any chance? Mm-mm. No, <clears throat> he did a, what are you familiar with 20 and backs? Nope. Okay. Uh, he went through basically like a, a secret space program where at, I believe what was at the age of 10, yeah, I'm... 10. He got picked out, uh, lived 20 years, essentially, and then they put him back in his body being 10 again. But mm-hmm. kind of like what I was talking about earlier with the subconscious and like the forefront, pretty much he said his forefront was wiped, but he was 10 and having like sexual urges for like 
like things that you normally wouldn't like feel at like as like a 10 year old it's like his subconscious was still developed to that age that he was when he was doing this 20 and back but he was thrown back into his body and still trying to like figure out like why he was feeling like a like a 30 year old's emotions when he was only 10 that sounds very familiar and i mean he was i mean the guy went through a lot Mm -hmm. um but but he at, at later on in in his 20 and back uh you know he he was on a ship uh they would do missions you know and he wasn't in the combat part of it he was more of like an engineer or, or you know something like that and you know he met beings from other other galaxies and planets and what have you and he had mentioned there's one out there i don't know if he named it but they they looked just like us only you know he they dressed a little different and he goes and they they were having a conversation and the other being said to him he's like you know i feel bad for you your your people because on our planet everybody knows about all of this we have freedom free information you know nothing's hidden from us and on your planet it's all hidden from you it's it's a system of control for sure and information is power um what they had told me a while back and this was kind of doing channels after I had this one major abduction experience is that four and a half years of my life was missing. And oh. that was, that was one of those things that was deeply upsetting. And how do you, how do you tell that to somebody and they believe you, 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 you sound mm-hmm. like you're absolutely batshit crazy. It sounds like and, the same technology as like the 20 and back type thing where they have this ability to pluck somebody out and put them right back in that exact time, you know, cause it, he was describing it like a river like if you pick somebody up out of the river, you can walk around the river and you can essentially put them right back in the same spot that you found them in the river when you're done walking around outside of the river. If the That's exactly tired. it. And the last time you and I spoke, Shane, I showed you this drawing and the way they explained it to me, this was a download, was the um, confluence points. So you don't look at you don't look at time as linear or a straight line. You look at it as circular. So... This is ghost. If you can see that, yes. So those are the confluence points around the the human being, and whether they're wrists and time or, or what they are, they can take you in and out of them and put you right back in. That is so hard to wrap your mind around <laughs> it, 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 on a basic level. But the only the only thing that makes sense is that nothing makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and you imagine getting up out of bed one day. And that is just literally in your head. You have no idea why or how it got there. You have to go run downstairs and draw a picture of it right away before you forget it. <laughs> and then talk about weird. You start coming on podcasts with people and show it to everybody. And it makes complete sense to everybody, you know, like after you being mind fucked by it. And then <laughs> other people are like, wait, that makes sense. And you're just like, how is this just in my head? And it completely makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's I mean, there's things that are eight you're able to perceive with the experiences and things that kind of boil to the surface but it's like there's a whole other aspect of yourself that's missing like a lifetime if if i were to describe it you know it's uh there isn't a day that goes by that you don't think about it you know when you when you were missing four and a half years of your life at like four and a half years of what age of your life i don't know you don't know. I have no idea. I I know I kept w- having this what I thought was a recurring dream. 
and I was at this place that looked like a hotel and I knew where everybody was and I could tell you where, you know, there was the main desk. There's these central kind of elevator shafts around the main desk is the dining hall, dining area. They had this, and this is going to sound batshit crazy like everything else. They had this huge container of water with this giant ass like peach in it and it flavored the water. And uh, I mean, it tastes like fucking Jolly Rancher iced tea or something. And all the people and the faces from there are erased. Like I cannot remember a single face. I knew everybody, you know, walking by them, all the faces are missing. And this ties into my, um, my experience from uh, Wednesday night after the ghost visit. Um, I was at this hospital and uh, it's uh, it, the building must've been circular because there was just a dividing curtain between the three beds. Um, I told the nurse that the mattress sucks. She's like, Oh, I'm really sorry. She was very apologetic and we're going to change that for you. And I got up and I went to the window and it's, you know, the building must've been really thick with cement because there's the shelf. And then there's the window. I look out the window and I see all these mountains with snow and I'm like, where are we? And she's like, Oh, the Southern Rockies. And there was somebody there that had a gun. I saw the gun. I pick, can pick that up easily. I shoot, but everybody from the experience is erased. I can't see any of the bodies. People are talking to me. I'm coming, going from the room, using the bathroom. There's three empty beds. There's curtains that divide each of them. There's the stands that you always see at every hospital that have the IV bags that hang off them and the little computer thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> White floor. The room is kind of circular almost, like rounded off. And I know I talked to somebody in the hallway, but literally every face, every body is like erased from it. If this was, uh, you said in the Rockies, do you believe that maybe you uh, were almost put in another dimension? Like, in our reality, in this dimension, like, that specific location doesn't exist. But if you go, like, one step past the Ville into the next dimension, maybe it's, like, a totally different concept where, like, everything was extraterrestrial influenced and it's just out in the open like that? It could be. I mean, I perceived it as being, like, a parallel life you know, where I'm spirit walking and I'm in the other body, but why couldn't I remember faces? Like every person was erased out of the experience, out of my mind, like not there. And I was talking to people. It sounds like that forefront wipe, kind of like we were talking about earlier, that it's like, it's your subconscious is still there, but I feel like the forefront of your mind is what remembers faces. Yeah. It's, and like, I, I have this problem remembering people's names, like really bad. Like I, have severe trouble remembering people's names to such to a point where I, I forget people's names that I know sometimes. I mean, it, we got a lot going on in your mind all the time. You know, it's like your brain will almost like assess through the information, you know, and if, you know, it doesn't deem it as necessary, it'll kind of just throw it out because you're, you know, too busy trying to grasp on all of these, a lot more intricate, uh, like deep concepts. I I guess. I mean, it's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sift through a filing cabinet with all my files and there's like big sections that are like, I don't have access to that are kind of blocking stuff from moving back and forth accurately. If I could describe it to you. Redacted documents, (laughs) just the big black line all the way through, but it's still there. It's just, you can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, it's, 
it, it's just it gets the more you look at it the stranger it gets in you know you, you have kind of um the phenomenon like ghosts and other shit like kind of intercedes with it too where you have high strangeness happening as well so when my daughter was younger uh she she could see spirit like nothing she'd be playing with uh jaji and uncle walter who are dead all the time oh they're going on a trip and she always say jaji lives in the closet and she'd go to the closet and open the door and you know she was like full on having conversations with them and shit. And then like, by the time she was like six, she cut it off, but she was at the table. This happened twice. And, uh, <laughs> she had a little, you know, a kid's fork with the pink rubber handle on it, metal fork. end. she drops it on the floor. The fucking thing disappears huh. like off the face of the earth. Another time the olive fell on the floor. So me and my wife were down on the floor. You know, kids stick olives on all five fingers and they do this. And mm. everybody has done that. Drops the olive on the floor, gone. So <laughs> I don't know, it was like a year or two later, maybe longer. I'm sitting there at the dinner table, the same spot. Out of the corner of my eye, I see something. I look down the fucking olives there and it's like shriveled up, dry as fuck. This is going to sound super trippy, but just knowing that these beings are around you, do you think that there's almost like a, I guess some kind of like leftover, leftover? So like, say that they use like a portal to try to travel somewhere, to try to get somewhere near you. And when they close it, it doesn't fully close. So like things like that, maybe it like drops through the portal. So in turn, it's like dropping through time and it comes out shriveled on the other side because there's still that thinning that exists there. I've often thought that. And I, I think that it's like, you know, with the veil that we have for our humanity personally, and it's, I think it's like they've poked holes in it. You know, like, like if you're a person that experiences the abduction phenomenon, but I think it also has an effect on the energy at large too within your space. And I think that too gets perforated and other things start to bleed through. When I was at my, um, my apartment in North Haven, this is my first apartment. I was laying in bed with my wife and I was looking over and this apartment had some weird, weird vibes from it. There was an old, one of those really, really old cemeteries like they have at the center of towns mm-hmm. was across the street, but I'm s- sitting there in bed and I'm looking over and I, I feel something. So I look up and you guys, did you ever see Dune? Yeah, of course. No, you I know what the video game when I was little, <laughs> The the soldiers that are the Sadakar, they have those helmets on, like that are kind of round like a tube, and they have a visor where you can just see out of the visor, mm-hmm. kind of like borderline diving helmet, whatever. I see somebody dressed up like that, like plain as fucking day, like walk walks from the doorway into the room, and like my heart stopped. My wife's like, "What did you see?" Because she knew I, at that point that I see things, and I'm like. It was like literally physically right fucking there. And then it just disappeared. And I was like, and since I'd never seen anything like it, I'd only ever seen a drawing of it referenced once out of like all my research I did that somebody saw one of those. No idea where it was from or some sort of interdimensional. No idea. Fucking weird. Like really weird. With your experience, um, 
the paranormal world. Like, I kind of get into the concept frequently about it more so being like a thinning of the veil where you're seeing something on the other side of a, in another dimension and they're seeing mm-hmm. the same thing. So, like, they perceive you as a ghost and you perceive them as a ghost. From all of your experiences, have you ever heard or anybody told you anything about, like, the connection with, like, the paranormal world into, like, this extraterrestrial world? Because when you start digging into everything, it seems like everything's tied, but it's, like, hard to place what that tie is other than just similar things happening with, you know, each type of experience. I I think because of their interaction with our universe, like, again, getting back to it, I think it pokes holes in it. And that stuff kind of bleeds through from the spirit world, like our kind of ghost reality that mirrors are where people are in spirit. I think that kind of bleeds into ours and it, it causes some sort of distortion. And the other thing that happened in this house, cause I was in the, uh, this was a studio apartment, second floor. So I was like, it was really small space and you had the tight roof lines in there. I was, I was dead asleep. And all of a sudden I hear scraping of metal and it like, like, you know, the angle iron that you have, like, that are beds are made out of, like, the, you know, that's kind of steel. Mm-hmm. So if you could picture much heavier version of that, it was like two pieces of iron scraping against each other, like, really ear piercing loud. Boom. And then I was like, what the fuck was that? You know, the landlord opens up the door to the stairs up to my apartment, is looking. I, open the door afterwards i'm like okay everything's fine later on the next day he's like dude what the fuck was that noise i'm like i have no idea like i thought you guys dropped something downstairs they're like we thought you dropped something i mean it woke up the whole house and it was like metal on metal grinding it was fucking weird it sounded like it came from directly in the center of the house so I, i recently asked my sister about this she took over my apartment afterwards and I told her about the experience. She's like, yeah, I had something similar happen where there was a weird noise in the house, like some kind of bump. And they opened the door. I opened the door. No idea where the noise came from. It was like, like something punched a hole in time and space or something. Like, I don't know how you would explain the noises. Like, it was just so bizarre and so like unexpected. I mean, if some something was moving in the house like that, it made that kind of noise, something would most certainly have to be like very fucking broken. I mean, just an idea, like you can see things through thinnings in the veil. So theoretically, like vibrations and sounds could also move through it, right? It so must. it could have been a sound from something that was on the other side where there wasn't anything like physically in this dimension, but the, the vibration and sound like mm-hmm. came through the veil. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's, it, it it just it just keeps getting weirder from there like i we'd recently in the last like year had um uh you ever heard of roof walkers yeah that happened to us so i was downstairs watching tv my daughter and my wife were upstairs in my daughter's room watching tv on the laptop and all of a sudden you hear boom something hit the house i run outside i'm like somebody's gonna get shot like what the fuck was that it shook the house and i look around everything's fine and then we had a series of like like where the bedrooms touch each other the dividing wall above it on the roof where it sounded like something was hitting it then that kind of started to annoy me and i'm like okay 
that not sure what this is. And then it was another night where I'd heard it again. It woke me up. So I, I walked downstairs, you know, five, five stairs up, five stairs down to the basement. And cause I had heard knocking and then right above me in the roof above the, like where my kitchen and living room is, it sounded like somebody was in the attic, like, like kicking the rafter, but louder than that. And it did it like, like two or three times. I'm like, what the fuck? It was like some sort of psychic attack, I guess, of some sort. So I started using like heavier, broader protection over the house, not just myself to kind of block that shit out. But it was definitely targeted for sure. One side question, uh, just because I always ask when people get into these types of concepts, like what what do you do to protect your house personally? Um, lots of angels. <laughs> <laughs> most importantly for the house and like the property uh metatron so you don't do any of like the uh i guess you could put it more in like the spiritual spectrum where it goes into like using like crystals smudging salts things like that you you uh, use like more of like a connection to have something come and protect you rather than using like items to protect you uh i do a lot of visualizations like thought forms and stuff and uh use all different angels like regularly daily call them in from five directions um you know i surround myself in light and love and then i have other kind of thought forms that i use to protect myself outside of that so every day i have to do this sometimes twice a day and i mo- protect us you know i use the angels at night and call them in to protect us and that's like kept all of that out and stopped it but i did have a recurrence yesterday <laughs> when i was in the shower i just told my wife I'm like you remember the loud noises I was like, yeah, I was in the shower and it's just me and the dog home. And like, again, it was like something that fucking shook the house. It was weird. It was like some energy forms. It almost makes you wonder if, uh, like, if you do use angels to protect yourself, if something does come come by, um, like, I'm assuming that, you know, the noise of them trying to protect you, if you can't physically see them, there's still a chance that the sound might get through, like, could have been something that was protecting you. And just a side note off of that also, um, like when it comes to angels, like how do you view them exactly? Do you you almost see them as like a, another form of like an extraterrestrial race or are they like something that's specifically just kind of linked to humans? Uh, something that is specifically linked to human. You have, um, you know, borrowing from my friend Kathleen's concept, she calls it the why and, the animals are the base of the Y, the angels are one arm of the Y, and then the humans are other, the other arm of the Y. Or you can look at it as the three tiers. And the animals that are here that we're in charge of taking care of are the basis of life on the planet, and they take care of us. So the closer that life moves to the center of the Y, the more spiritual and enlightened it is. And then the further they move away from from the center of the Y, the darker and denser they are is kind of what she explained to me. But I see, um, usually I'll see them in the bathroom if I see them or they'll visit me in dreams. Um, Metatron I've run into, he's the one I was like feeling like deeply, darkly depressed. And I was laying on my stomach. He'd come and put his hand on my back when I was laying in bed. And then I was like, Oh, you have six fingers. I was like, that's really fucking cool. <laughs> Random it, side of, thought. Whoops, yeah. Go ahead. Just to finish what you're saying. Um, 
I had another instance where I was in the basement using the bathroom again. And the bathroom is like I refer to as the phone booth because a lot of communications or visions that I've been given have come through in the bathroom. But one of them had stuck their hand through me. And it was kind of like, I don't know if it was to prove that they're real or that I needed to change my concept of who they were or, or how, how I perceived them perhaps. But it was kind of like I felt something move through me and it was kind of cold and then it was gone. But I knew it like stuck his hand through me. It was, it was kind of a really strange sensation. Oh, yeah, I bet. So considering that uh, like angels would be tied to humans specifically, um, from your experience, do other types of extraterrestrial life have almost like their own version of like angels and demons that are tied to them just maybe because of where they are? Um, consciously, maybe it's all kind of come to like a why where it's not separate entities, but maybe at like one point they may have had like their own version of them and every specific ET race almost has their own version of like angels and demons attached to them. I mean, we have the angels here because we're a fallen universe and they're specifically put here to support our life and to take care of us and help us kind of ascend through this darkness that we're in. Um, what they've told me in channel is that they specifically have been called out into the universe now and we're they're like we're now visiting places we've never been because humanity is being spread out across the universe and taken elsewhere and you're taking your beliefs with you thus you're taking us with you so that being said also from your experience are there humans like exactly us that have been brought up completely different that like are biologically like the same as us, but they exist in other places and they might not even be aware that we exist and like vice versa. That's probably true. I mean, they've the hybrid programs have been going on for fucking generations here. So, I mean, there's, there's so many iterations and like I explained to you before that we're, uh, you know, humanity is kind of a root race, you know, where you can take, you know, like a Lego set and take pieces apart and put it back together. Then, you know, the DNA is uh, very easily hacked into. So if we're like a, like a base race, then um, I'm assuming that they would kind of like want to keep us around. So is it almost like the concept that they could have intentionally put us on all different sides of the galaxy so that like if one planet theoretically gets destroyed, they still have three more docks of the same exact type of life elsewhere. Or if you, if you create yourself in to a point where you can't breed anymore, or you've taken yourself, your race to a point where you have zero emotions left, you now required to move back into the root race to start over again. Hmm, so that's interesting. And, and you have to talk about, you know, how complex the energy system of, of human beings is. And people don't realize how powerful humanity is. If you, put away all your bullshit and like worked on yourself. You start getting into the underlying system, the energy system, the, the chakra system and the, the, the deeper energy complex that allows you to tap into everything across the universe. I mean, humans are more infinitely powerful than they'll ever know. So going into it's like the big cataclysm concepts, do you think that we've like achieved being at this level multiple times through history and almost had to like reset then and we're at our, in the process of like resetting and getting back to that point again even uh, the Hopi Indians say that we're moving into or there's been four earths and that they get destroyed and then there's a new earth 
Yeah, and then uh, the the there's a fifth and final one, and then yeah, that's where we're at now. Reminds me of uh, have you guys ever seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy at the end, of where course. there's like that place where they just build planets and they're exactly to fit whatever people need, and they just replace them back where they need to go when one gets destroyed. <laughs> in in forty two, not, not to make make light of it, but you're exactly correct. The uh, they had shown me one morning I was laying in bed. And they'll throw out a random concept at you and you kind of have to sit there and think about it and how you're going to use it or where it's going to come up in a conversation. And it just happened now. I was showing a, uh, outside of our, our galaxy, a hang, they called it a hanging planet. And they literally said the same thing. This can be used in places the next earth. So it's just held like, this held in stasis. <laughs> so essentially at that point, it's like, they're they're the creators of earth if you if you really break it down to like its key components then uh the pleiadians built the moon it's called helitect and it's called that that name tran- translates to earth seed mother so, you want to get into the moon so this is another one i got to ask now so when it comes to like us supposedly going to the moon or not going to the moon there's all the weird things about there being like life that they're seeing on the moon like ships moving things like that um, from your experience, like, is, is that, that, and that's why, like, we've been trying to like, like hide going to the moon. If we did go to the moon, like what, what what's your whole like idea on like people going to the moon and if we've ever actually been there or if we know what's there and we just don't go there because of it. I mean, it's, it's a huge operation. I, in a past life, I, as like, you could say one of the mechanics or smaller ETs, I'd work there. I know that much. I mean, I'd, in out-of-body experiences, I've seen a huge ship behind the moon. Um, I mean, how we think and conceive of things happening and how creation works, it, it probably would destroy everything that we believe in a matter of seconds. And, you know, it's you could get into, again, get mo- moving back into multiple realities. This was really funny. It came up one time at Circle. And my friend, who's kind of a mentor to me, uh, she does a lot of dream work, and she fights and kind of moves and moving, fighting against dark forces in parallel dimensions. So imagine her life when she dreams is kind of like Lord of the Rings, literally. And cuts and wounds and other stuff that she gets there transfer back to here. Stuff that happens to her. It's like kind of that real for her. And so my friend is my friend Kathleen, who's this uh, psychic medium, who's reading her. She's like, "Oh, this is really weird. You've been doing a lot of dreaming." She's like, "Yeah, no shit, I always am." And she's <laughs> like, "No," she's like, "You're you're visiting flat Earth," and she's like, "Oh, okay." And she goes, "No, no, this is really interesting." She goes, "There's something really important about flat Earth." She's like, "It it it hasn't fallen like where we are." She's like, it's not a fallen universe. It's a safe universe where the dark energies that are fucking with us right now have not reached. That it was like a safe haven in in the multiverse, so to speak. So going into like the flat earth concept then, like people make a lot of references to it and have a lot of connections that they try to tie to it. Is it because of like almost like that stuff bleeding through from another dimension rather than it actually being like how our dimensions perceived where like people just confuse it because 
it's like possibly one of the dimensions that's almost like touching us. So some of the information just kind of comes through. Not only that, other versions of ourself are picking up on it and living amongst these different universes. And those those lifetimes are bleeding through into this one to a point where we can't tell heads from tails. And we're like, we're, we're dead adamant that it exists and that we can prove that it is and people don't believe us. So probably having a coinciding life there and, you know, they, they feel like they've been probably robbed from an experience that people don't believe them. And, you know, maybe that's, that's all bleed through. I mean, mm. one idea that I kind of had with the whole flat earth concept is that like, if we're, I don't even want to use organic simulation, but it kind of fits with what you're saying about like the earth being built and being destroyed and then making new variations of it. Um, I had this idea of like, at one point, the earth was flat because that was all that was needed. But as more people started to expand, they almost like updated the map and made a bigger, better map. So maybe some of that information that's still kind of hidden within books and whatever is still there, but the map's been updated since. So it's like we're working on a different map than what people were referring to when they're looking at all these old books and trying to connect it to flat earth. Yes. In the entire universe... Like when you see it, like everything that like you say God is feels like a simulation. It feels like a computer concept. It, it feels it feels like we're in a program. And if you look at the human body and its energy field, it's a toroidal field. You familiar with that? Mm-hmm. So it's like a it's like a donut of energy for people who don't know that moves around you. The earth has the exact same energy field, a toroidal field. If you move further out where where you're in, into the God complex, all the entirety of the universes that we're in are created and held within a toroidal field. So God itself is just a giant energy ball, a toroidal field, and you're held within it. And when you step out further beyond that and you see it, you're like, okay, wow, that makes sense. But then you step out a step further, there's seven of them. So have you ever looked in the Bible where there's references to seven everywhere? Mm-hmm. Seven. Being the holy number altogether, too. So this is what it showed me. And I was in the shower when this happened. And it completely, and this is what happens when you're on a journey like this. Once you believe something, you're like, oh, okay, this is a comfortable spot. No sooner do they come around and they show me something else and it completely destroys my reality. I can't say that I believe of this and this is absolute because that always gets destroyed. So I saw this, I had this experience in a matter of seconds. And after I saw this, they were lined up. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, and then one was by itself to the bottom right hand side. It was seven. And then there's this, this black void. And then when I connected, when I told you earlier, when I connected to the black hole, I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. It's like a hole. It's ripped to the outside of it. It goes to the outside when it Mm. it told me this. I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. So when I saw this, I was like, I was just like massively depressed. I'm like, it it felt like we were like inside of a, a computer. Like it just it felt like this was all like generated, like, like a program in a sense was the feeling. And then I'm like, you know, what is mankind doing? 
we're constantly trying to create technology. Why? What are we trying to recreate when we make technology? What are we imitating? Where do we get this concept from that we're making technology? And it's like, it's like we're trying to rebuild the universe or God or some construct that's loosely based around that. You know what I mean? Like rebuilding we're, from the inside almost. Yes. So when you're on a weird kind of journey like this and you're starting to see concepts and you have experiences with other beings that are higher dimensional or just more advanced than you, like that energy ends up affecting you in ways that you can't conceive. And eventually it starts bleeding into everything else and you don't realize it to a point where new concepts are coming in and you're like things that you're totally ignorant about. And it's just like, all of a sudden, you know, something you're like, I don't even know how this got in my head. It's uh, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ghost. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you, you go ahead. <laughs> I, with, with that, it's like, uh, I don't know. Um, I just lost my question and my train of thought. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Shane. Hopefully it'll come back. <laughs> well, it was uh, partly related to what he was saying, but he was, you kept re- re- like referring to water and how these different things will like pop up when you're like in the shower specifically. Um, or the bathroom. Yeah. So what I like, obviously water conducts electricity, like thoughts and the way the brain works is conducted through electricity. So, do you think that uh, like water, when you're doing these types of things, almost like amplifies your signal where it makes it so that it's easier for you to connect with like extraterrestrials, like whatever happens to be out there because it's just like you almost have like an antenna on top of you whenever you have water around you? Maybe water is God. I, yeah. Most of your body is water. There it, is, it, uh, there... it definitely, definitely is a conduit for sure. I forget the lady who, who dives really deep into that because I want to reach out and get her on the show. I'm drawing a blank. But living water, in her theory, it is, like you just said, God. And where I was going to go was being in the shower, you hear a lot of people getting these uh, thoughts or downloads, whatever you know terminology people want to call them, because not only is water conductive of electricity, it's also conductive of energy. And thought is energy we are energy existence in itself is energy and it was funny how you would always say yeah i got this in the shower or i seen this when i was in the bathroom what's commonly associated with each is water sink toilet shower or sink toilet you know what i mean so taking a taking a piss you're talking to god yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> every big breakthrough that I've had as far as like doing shows go, like every time I've come up with a good name, like including the name of this show, uh, Increase of Our Reality, every time I've ever had like this like big concept idea that pops to me that I try to do with like things that happen in my life, they all happen with the shower too. So that was like, it hit hit home and it kind of was personal with me that it's like, I also feel conducted to, I mean, you feel like you like tap into something almost like, like it helps you like amplify into this like Akashic record or the other idea that I've heard a lot of concepts about is that water itself is what holds the memories. And maybe just by having it run across you, it's almost like you're uh, like gaining some ancestral memory, you know? Yeah. And you have the, the Akashic Records, which is kind of a getting back to the computer thing. You have the Akashic Records, which are like 
a memory database of all lives that have happened on Earth. Everything's recorded. And then you have the tapestry, which records every life across the universe. Sounds like a computer to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and, and again, what are we emulating when we make computers? And, and we're having this conversation, but am I just talking to myself? <laughs> hey, we're in a computer to begin with, just having the conversation. <laughs> hey, but even going off of that, I mean, who knows what's outside of it? Where you're talking about like, like the extraterrestrials where they will just like pop in, phase in, and they talk about these like the like portals. Like maybe they're trying to simplify the fact that they're something that's outside of this system that we're in. And it's almost like they will like put on a VR helmet, so to speak, and like pop into our reality, our system, you know, where it's like they're just using like their own metaphor for something that they think that you'd understand because maybe just that concept's a lot more advanced to them. There's a lot more into it, but it's like, you know, they're, they're outside of this system. And when they, they do something to come into the system. Maybe it's just like the, in the movie, the matrix, they jacked in and they broadcast themselves. in. yeah, maybe that's exactly right. I mean, who knows? I mean, how you're reacting with different, or if you're able to integrate and react in, in, uh, go into other realities. I mean, I mean, it's like, is this their video game too, in a, in a sense, but they're on a higher level of understanding if, that they can kind of rewrite the code of the universe and interact with it and phase in out of it. Is that part of what people mean by ascension where you get into higher levels of understanding of, of reality and the energy that is around us that you can program it. I mean, I mean when I astral projected, not to, sorry to cut you off when I astral projected, I'm going to say they took me here because a lot of these things happen on purpose. I was out in space because I, I wanted to see like, I had this desire to see like our universe and look back on it. So I had ended up being shot out into space and they showed me, you know, like the Milky Way and the different arms. And it was out further than that. And then I came in and then I come into where kind of like the earth is. And then they take me in really, really close and tight. And then they're showing me human DNA and how it's spiraling. And then they showed me in between different segments of the human DNA was theirs, which were like lit up like bright green. So everything is kind of like juxtaposed upon itself where there's just smaller and smaller iterations of the same thing moving in the same direction, flowing like water, I guess you could say. And the when I was out in space, it was like everything was alive. Like they physically like, it was like they put me there and it was, remember like dial-up modems kind of sounded like? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That that click, 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 and then there was like this static frequency noise in the background of it, like all of it was alive. And then they wanted me to know that, like everything out there is just frequency and is alive. There's life in it. It's not dead like we think it is. I always use the term organic simulation. That's kind of how I like attach to it. And going off of that, and kind of what we were just talking about, something that kind of clicked in my head um, when you were talking about how your daughter had had like contact essentially with like past family members. Um, if we are in some type of system like that, um, when you pass away, maybe you leave the system and go into where these extraterrestrials may be. And maybe you kind of get like a spectator mode, if that makes sense, where it's like you can go back in and see your family, but you can't 
interact with them the same way. And maybe that's where we get this like perception of ghosts where people can feel their ancestors energy like around them, but they can't see them. It's because they're almost like in spectator mode where they, they want to check up on their family, but you know, they're outside of this universe at that point. In, in a sense of the soul in the experience of self that is happening and what I had come to understand recently that they told me at least like from where I'm supposedly or where I come from as far as like origins go, they told me like point blank, a human lifetime for you is 15 minutes. So our concept of self and like where we're coming and going from, this is, this is like me visiting here for, you know, for my soul and my, my spirit experience. And then I get to go home. And like my friend had repeatedly told me in like so many readings, you know, cause we've been doing circle for many years now. She's like, it'll, you'll be home in time for dinner. Don't worry about it. She's like, you hate being here, you know? And I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm trapped here. I'm like the dumbed down version of myself. Like I, you know, like imagine like, you know, you're the most powerful wizard magician in the world. And then now you're just like a street sweeper, you know, it's going to be kind of like, like that. And, you know, souls are moving in and out of this dimensional reality and, and going back home and living different lives and having different experience. So my, when I was getting a healing recently, my, my spirit guide came in and he goes to me, you only have five minutes left. <laughs> Oh shit. That's fed up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he went from fifteen minutes to five. So I was like, but it, it feels like everything's so dense here, it feels like an eternity. Mm-hmm. You know? It's and almost that's, that's part of this reality is being dense. It almost reminds me of a uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's an episode of Rick and Morty where they pretty much play a video game. He puts on a helmet and he lives a full life. And then he dies in it and then he comes out and he feels like he lived this full life, but it was only like 10 minutes that he was playing a game. But because of that manipulation of time and like time isn't is honestly just a human made up construct. Um, I mean, it could theoretically be something like that also. Yeah. So, I mean, these these lifetimes that we're living, I mean, they're just one after another. And, you know, how many lifetimes have you have you lived um, far as I can figure on a, on a linear path, like almost 350 lifetimes. And then transversely, it's close to 1500 lifetimes when you get into cross realities and, you know, multiple lives being lived at one time. So how you perceive it in a straight line is, you know, completely different moving in another direction. Is it almost like a, like the concept of you interdimensionally, like imagine that you're a flashlight and you're trying to shine the light through multiple pieces of paper. Like there's still that same starting point where it's the same light shining through, but it's shining through multiple dimensions and it's all still connected. If that, if that, that explanation kind of makes sense. One lifetime is, is for the soul is just like how they describe it as being fingers to the hand. So the hand being the soul, the fingers being the life that you're living. So you can be having, a lifetime right now where you died in your spirit on the other side, visiting your relatives. And then another lifetime you're living, doing something else completely where you're reincarnated and you're a baby at the same time. Hmm. Or they like to say, which really, really, really fucks with your mind. And they've told me this a number of times, everything is happening at once. 
I've heard that a lot of times too. That it's just like you were saying earlier, time isn't a line. It's almost like a continuous circle. So like everything's happening all at once and you can almost stand in that middle and watch all of time happening all at once. Yeah. And if you, when you sit there and think about that and they've said it many times, it really, really will break your mind trying to think about it. Everything is happening all at once. And I might, when my cousin passed away from cancer, I told her sister, I'm like, oh yeah, she's, she's going to help when she's on the other side, she's going to help rescue lost children. And then another conversation, I'm like, oh, I saw her when she was being reborn and she's, you know, she's a baby. I can see her. She has blue eyes. And she's like, which is it? You told me she was doing this. I go, well, they're both happening. Like these are two experiences that she's living simultaneously as a soul. She's been reborn, but she's also doing this. Her other aspect of herself on the other side is also pursuing this. So, we we like to think of ourselves as just being this singular presence, this thought. But when we start to think of ourselves moving in multiple directions, or say five different directions at once, um, or even go a little bit bigger with that, like getting back into time and space travel, this kind of connects to it. The uh, master builder race had told me when they showed me the piece of paper being poked through the hole is that you're you're uh, moving 10 directions at once when you're when you're moving throughout time and space so you're standing still to move somewhere else hmm. Hmm. so 10 directions at once <laughs> i wish i could actually really experience that you know what i mean like i mean the way they showed me in my mind fun. was was just like one of the ships literally like a blip dropping out of Time and space, boom, was like physically there. I mean, it was, it happened in a matter of seconds, but it was like total mind fuck where you saw something that you didn't think you could perceive. You know what I mean? How, how it kind of like, I guess in a way happened. Mm -hmm. So, uh, kind of changing gears a little bit. Um, you've had a lot of, uh, different things that have kind of been channeled through you. Um, what do you feel like? has been passed to you that has to be like given to society. Um, that's extremely important. Like it, it, was there any like, like significant it, warnings or any significant things that you were told that you need to like pass on to everybody? Uh, the driving message behind a lot of it is that every is the concept of oneness and, and many, many people who've channeled, who've been abducted, have been told the exact same thing. There's nothing magical or new everybody everything is one we all we all come from source we're all made of the same stuff we're all one and we perceive ourselves as being separate and that's part of humanity's kind of this veil of illusion that we live under we think that we're separate from everybody else and in fact it's the opposite now that, that would be does that apply to the whole cosmos itself or just here on that is their religion oneness Beyond what we perceive in our base religion or kind of culture, they're all come from the belief system of of one. Do you do you do you do you believe in their religion to to that extent? It, or after, I do, but in in very in different ways. Probably, okay. I have a hard time, kind of like I would say, living that in that I have to live this in this body temporarily and perceive myself as being separate. So 
the juxtaposition of me looking from outside in onto this probably does, but it's, it is hard to be, to fathom that, you know, to think about that. And they, that's why they told me the story of the planet Trotter where, where life, a singular planet gave birth to all life across the universe or this concept of one. We all started from the same stuff, the same family. So how would we apply that here on earth? I think if people could really grasp that, they would stop killing each other and stop being so evil to each other. But from our perspective, we're so dense and we're in such like kind of like a negative space right now that it's it's hard to look past that. There there's so many control systems here, money, power, sexuality, a lot of things that are being used in divisive ways against us. I mean, we're constantly being polarized to think that we're separate or our ideas are special over somebody else's. And that's just kind of a temporary thing that we're moving through. And when a race can transcend that shit and eventually start to look at each other and say, oh, we're all part of creation, we're all responsible for each other. I I think we only really get there when we spiritually evolve to a much higher level than we are right now. We're, we're far away from that, but that should be probably the starting point if we wish to really like evolve or change our species. So do you think that the whole idea of like a survival of the fittest almost essentially has to get thrown out the window in order for these concepts to actually kind of come into fruition then? Yeah. But people have to start using their, you know, their energy system, or you could say operating system completely different in we have this system of emotions that we work from that are where the body is in this kind of prime primal state where we're doing survival of the fittest or we're, we're constantly responding to the world around us as like we're, we're being attacked, you know, like you're out in the Savannah and you're looking out for uh, the lions. We're, we're living our lives like that and everything that's affecting us. So we go to work like, well, where's this person stand against us? Where's that person? This person's above us. You know, there's this kind of hierarchy that's like chewing itself up all the time. Yeah, like taking everybody as an enemy instead of a friend, essentially. Correct, correct. Where we're all kind of brothers and sisters and the higher evolved races look at us like that, you know, and probably in a perspective, they're like, you know, you're our children in a way and that they're kind of reaching down to help those that are here and, maybe get some evolution going along the line where before we split off and one goes one way, one goes the other way is the way I see it. Where 20% move in a positive direction and then maybe the rest will move off and do the 3D earth thing over again and keep killing themselves. So like going into like their their method of thinking and thought, are they more of like a like a hive mind concept or are they kind of one of those things where it's like they're individually themselves but they all work together like like they don't they don't share the same thoughts and the same everything like they're not all like different dissections of the same thing like they're they're individual things united to all become one rather than like a hive mind concept i don't know that it's like if you were if we were all like in a situation where we could just transfer thoughts to each other and none of our thoughts were hidden how would our conversations break down you would not you wouldn't be able to hide or manipulate anything from anyone 
So when you reached a certain level, information exchanges places. I know things about you. You know things about me. This is your job. That's your job. There's no question about it. You know what I mean? You're operating, I guess, from a completely different mode. And I, I think that's probably impossible for us to kind of conceive because we're, unless you've maybe been abducted and you've had somebody in your mind where thoughts are being directly transferred into your head and it's... I think that's one of the things that kind of breaks you having that experience where your sense of reality is kind of crushed, where information's just kind of going back and forth to you. And it's just data kind of going back and forth, I guess. So do you think that that might kind of explain the fact that it seems like there's like an upspike where more and more people are becoming empaths is because maybe that's like the start of being able to kind of have that ability where you can just kind of like see through a person's emotions. So from that standpoint, it's way easier to understand somebody. So there'd be less fighting because instead of trying to understand somebody's sides, you'd have almost like their exact, how they feel like put inside of you. So you can actually see things from their shoes. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they refer to it as fighting the war from the inside. So you have a lot of souls that are coming here from other universes and other galaxies to try and shift the energy. You also have part of the purpose of all the people with the autism and being on the spectrum is to shift that energy too, where they're here to teach us to be, to live without ego. So it's a, uh, it's like an intentional thing. So, Oh, it's very much intentional. It's by design. So that being linked possibly to different types of vaccines, do you think that that may also be something that's almost like extraterrestrial intended? Like they may have a part in that. I don't know if that was a conscious decision or it happened as, there's, and I'm just trying to hold on. Just give me a second. It, it feels like from them, it's almost like a byproduct of something else, like of something else unfolding. It was a byproduct, and it wasn't intentional. It just happened that way. And then it almost got exploited from there. Probably because again, you're dealing with dark people and manipulation. So it was probably was ex exploitation of that is what it feels like. You got any more questions, Gus? No, I was just sitting here trying to wrap my head around that. I was just, <laughs> we start getting really deep at the end. That's usually how we go. <laughs> your, your, your head's going to hurt. <laughs> I like it, that. It's brain workout. It's always a good thing because yeah. you'll never be able to start understanding deeper concepts unless you're able to uh, exercise your brain and stretch your brain to be able to wrap around those concepts. Yeah, and that's what I feel like I'm constantly being forced to do is where I get to a certain level where I'm comfortable and then, again, they put another drop of water in the bucket and it blows up everything that you think is actually like your life and your reality. And then you get hit with concept after concept and it's little bits and pieces of things in there and then something from... 20 years ago could now be relevant to some new information. You're finally at a point where you can understand what they showed you and it's going to tie into a message and you're like, my brain, you know? <laughs> so Shane, you brought up uh, how this could be like the, the start of people. Uh, what was it called? Em being an empath and, and realizing that they are empaths. You know, Craig with someone like you. Ha have you ever been around empaths or if you have like what is that like for you uh i am empathic 
that's for for i that was my first sense of that i could identify amongst other things that was i was very shut off from a lot of the things i can do now and maybe for good reason that i had to fight my way through it and have experiences for it to kind of come to the surface i think pain serves as a powerful teacher here where you have to go through traumatic events so your reality bubble is popped and then it kind of opens up a part of your brain that you didn't have access to because you went through traumatic events and it forces your spirit to kind of jump out of your body and move out of the way for so like a safety mechanism and then mm -hmm. that kind of opens you up spiritually from there to a broader world and there's a lot of people that are psychics that have had like you know really traumatic events as, as kids I, I would say probably a majority of them have had something really severe that's happened to them but um yeah i'm i am empath empathic for sure so, so how would can somebody learn to be empathic i mean and maybe look at it as it's just one of the languages that you speak i think the some people are more by design that way and some people i mean when you have a diversity of different like say psychic gifts some people are very strong with like seeing things or hearing things um i'm very visual too so a lot of times when i'm channeling i'm getting stuff like a sentence that's going through my head but i'm getting getting intermittent pictures sometimes too at the same time and it kind of it, it rushes in all at once and you're trying to decipher it and you have to teach yourself to do that. But I, I guess people can learn to open up and develop their skills. And some people from early on are very strong that way. And some people may take lifetimes of, of dealing with their kind of karmic baggage to the, where they're able to open up their energy system and integrate this kind of higher stuff. People are at, I'm going to say it just at different levels in their evolution that, gotcha. you know, is it somebody, is it something that, that, okay. Cause I, I hear it, it makes me curious. Like, is there certain steps that somebody that, that may think they're an empath, but aren't sure, or, or just hearing this, this word for the first time, is there steps that they can do to, challenge themselves to see if they can open up the first place to start is self-actualizing and start healing yourself and dealing with your kind of i, I want to say emotional spiritual baggage mm -hmm. and processing who you are and all of your experiences and your relationships and such as you do like that power. yeah yeah exactly yeah. as you do that it will give you access into yourself and deeper layers of your consciousness, you know, along with eating really healthy, feeding your head, reading lots of books, um, doing uh, meditation and kind of pushing yourself to do different things. And, you know, I had studied with a lot of different teachers for various uh, modalities. And uh, my, my friend had Kathleen had taught me how to uh, like read Oracle cards and do kind of psychic reading stuff. Um, I had taught myself how to channel. Um, it's the more you're hungry for it and you're willing, willing to constantly look at bigger and broader concepts, the more it's going to open up for you. But you got to, like I said, you have to process and do your shit work 
before you can uh, get out on the highway and hit the gas pedal. Failure's fertilizer. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And pain is the greatest teacher. Yes. You know, as as much as people think, you know, they sit there like, wow, I'm really sad that this happened to me. You know, why did this person do this to me? Those things, once you process them, can be end up being the greatest gifts you've ever received and really break open your mind once you're able to get past them and kind of integrate that through different levels in your body and see where that experience sits within your whole kind of chakra system that can shift your whole energy. Oh, wow. Coming full circle on it. It almost seems like trauma is a necessity in order to make the brain stronger. Cause it's like you expand on different theories in order to strengthen your mind and what it can grasp grasp for. But uh, it's almost like you, you need trauma in order to be able to make yourself mentally stronger where you can go through these endeavors and not feel depressed from thinking about them. It's almost like the emotional work outside that you need it in order to. We need these concepts. Yeah. Yeah, And going bigger than that, we need these physical lifetimes in order to experience these dense realities and to process these, these uh, concepts to integrate them back up through spirit. So we come in and have different variations of physical lifetimes and have different situations and that on the whole is evolving the soul, the, the spirit complex of who you are. And it takes hundreds of thousands of lifetimes and moving through them in different levels of experience to kind of open that up to where you get somebody who's like kind of like Jesus that comes here and he's like, the freaking lights are all all on. And he, he had evolved to that point, you know, to show people I'm the light and you can do this too, you know? So we could easily, easily go on for another like four hours or so. But for the <laughs> listener's sake, uh, we're about two hours. So we could definitely and would love to have you back on again because you're just, you keep chiseling away and there's just so much more to keep diving into. But for today, I feel like we're at a good stopping point. So that being said, um, anybody that's enjoyed these concepts that, you know, wants to dig more into what you're doing um, on the back end, uh, let them know where they can find all your books and what you think would be like the best books for somebody to start with if they were going to start digging into what what you've been into. Sure, sure. Um, My books are The Vessel of One, Blue Star Prophecy, and my new book is uh, Fallout, which is uh, about a boy who lives uh, through his abduction experiences and kind of grows into an adult um, and what he does with that and what a gift it ends up being to his life. Uh, There is a ton of books and information out there for people uh, revolving around this subject. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to say to start in one spot for people, you know, but do your process work where you can find me is anywhere. They sell books online, uh, Barnes and Noble, amazon.com. Uh, Craig Lefebvre is my name. The last name is spelled L E F E B as in boy, V as in Victor R E. You can find my website, which is uh, dimensional hyphen healings, com. I'm no longer on Facebook because, you know, Big Brother was watching and didn't like me. <laughs> he doesn't like a lot of us. Because, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to break people's minds free and uh, open them up a little bit, you know. So that's that's well, what they fear. Talking to you. I, I've had a blast. I'm sorry I didn't ask a lot of questions, but I was sitting here just thinking and thinking and thinking. And, and sometimes I like that. Uh, I know Shane, uh, we were talking before earlier in the day and he's like, 
do do you want to listen to any of his interviews? I'm like, no, I'm, I strictly want to go in blind because then I, I personally have the best experience. And this one actually made my mind bend around the spoon, so to speak. So I, I it was nice talking with you. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun to talk with uh, like-minded people. Yes. It's always nice to have a safe haven where you can throw out as far out there concepts as you want and people don't call you crazy for them. They try to rationalize them and understand them with you. And it takes a special <laughs> group of people for that. Yes. <laughs> you have the uh, the world of spirit and the world of asphalt and concrete. And uh, we go to work and make our money in one of them and then uh, hopefully go home to live in the other. Yes. That's exactly why I look forward to my podcast every night because I get to do this every day. So it's like, a, this is my, this is my going to the gym. It's my mental workout, you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and ghost, I can tell your mind has been, uh, I can looking at you and say, I hurt your brain today. <laughs> ah, that's a good thing. I, I like that. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I, if uh, you guys have any questions uh, or anybody wants to email me, uh, it's uh dimensional.healingsct at gmail.com. And again, thank you for uh, coming on the show. And we're definitely going to have to do this again. And Sounds to, uh, good. all the listeners, this has been Bizarre Encounters. I'm Shan. And I'm Ghost. And we'll catch you on the next one. Have a bizarre one, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>